Well, good morning. It's good to be with you, finally. I've been sitting at the back for the past three weeks in a trying not to be creepy way, just watching and observing. And I just want to say, before we get into anything else, thank you so much for the welcome that you've given to Cindy, Ezra, and I. We really do feel it. Uh, In a few of the meetings that I had with Nimrod, in transition, he said that this is a beautiful church, and it's a church who will love and who will care for you. And of course, as a pastor, everybody says that about their churches, right? So you think, okay, that's nice. Thank you, mate. Uh, But then we got here, and that's exactly what we experienced. We experienced welcome, and we experienced love. And if you're looking at me thinking, who the heck is this guy, and where's Nimrod? Uh, You've missed out on a couple of weeks, apparently. But hey, I might not be Nimrod, but I still do certainly love some chicken, so the baton can still be passed on. It's all good. (laughs) Before we get into the sermon today, I wanted to um, share a couple of things. Authenticity and transparency are really, really, really important things to me. To be authentic and to be honest, I value that. So from the very beginning, I wanted to be honest and open with you and say from the outset, in favor and for unchurched people. That is my mission and that is the world, that's the way I see the world. I didn't grow up in a Christian space, so I grew up differently to a lot of the people in the room. Maybe you too grew up in a non-Christian space, and if you're here today, welcome, and I hope that you find this place safe, loving, and accepting. But I'm unapologetically for unchurched people. I was speaking, uh, giving a sermon in a little church in Tasmania a couple of years ago, and my family decided that they'd come with me this one occasion to support. Not church people, don't do the church thing, they don't like it, but they came with me anyway. It's a really small church, probably like half of this section. And I was getting ready uh, to preach, and my family found their seats. They sat down and got comfortable. And then this sweet little old lady walks up to where my parents were sitting, and I thought, oh, that's really lovely. Bless, they're going to feel welcomed by this sweet little lady. And she uh, looks to my mom and says to her, I'm so sorry, you're actually sitting in my seat. Would you mind moving? Yeah. So my parents, who are already passionately in love with church, <laughs> get asked to move from, by this little lady. Apparently, they'd save their seats by putting cushions there. So straight up, if I see any cushions, we're going to burn them, and I'll meet you outside. <laughs> But that sort of thing drives me insane. Drives me insane that a church could be so focused on themselves that they unintentionally or perhaps intentionally excluded unchurched people. It's not what we're here for. I'm unapologetically for unchurched people. So if that isn't something that you're on board with, I advise you to call my bosses and ask me to be moved sooner rather than later because I am not the pastor for you. Straight up, I am not the pastor for you. However, if you care for our community, you've got a passion for unchurched people, I think we can work together. I think we can do some great things. So it's up to you. Ball's in your court. Ball's in your court. If I'm here next week, Tony, I'll presume we're okay and we can keep going. If not, it's been a pleasure knowing you. May God bless and keep you. <laughs> uh, the reason why I'm on board with that idea is because that's the way that Jesus did things, didn't he? Jesus was all about the people who were often excluded by the society. Jesus was in favor of the oppressed. He was in favor of the sinner. And he was in favor of the non-Jew. In other words, the unchurched people of the day. That's how he rolled. I believe that we're called to follow after him. It's my mission and I hope that we can work together in that. I believe that we can. 
Our leadership is on board with that. Our school is on board with that. My question to you is, are you on board with that too? Because if so, I think we can go some pretty incredible places. Hopefully longer than the two-year stint. See how we go. If you looked on Facebook or looked at some of the posters that are around, you're probably wondering, okay, so this is a day that's a staff dedication. Okay. If you're a staff person, then that gives you some context. But if you're a first-time guest or it's your first time in a long time or you're just sitting here wondering what on earth is a dedication service for staff, it is a good question because I had no idea either. Absolutely no idea. I just knew that the first appointment that we had was on the 28th of January and it was a staff dedication. So I had to do some research and find out what this whole dedication thing was all about. So this is my research and this is what I have to share. But first, Cindy and I were driving only a couple of weeks ago actually and we were talking about this whole idea of dedication. We have a small spawn named Ezra. And Cindy turned to me and said, hey, should we get Ezra dedicated? Uh, and I'm not the type of person that wants to do things just for the sake of doing them. I want to understand the why behind it. So I, I said to her, what, what's the why? Why? Why would you do this? And we talked back and forth. But at the end of the conversation, I'm still wondering, this whole dedication thing, is it something that church people just do? Or is there a reason behind it? Is there an intention behind it? Because if there is, then I'm interested. If it's just what church people do, though, I don't know. And Cindy said to me, wouldn't it be weird, though, if you're the pastor and your own son isn't dedicated? (laughs) I suppose it would. So I went away and did some research, and this is what I came to. Here's the thing. The whole idea of dedication can be summed up in three simple words. Three simple words. Starting something well. That's what dedication means. When you look throughout the scripture, the Bible, the Old and New Testament, there's a whole bunch of different words that are used for the idea of dedication. But it can all be summed up in something really simple, starting something well. Starting something well, or starting something strong, or starting something focused. The point is, is that before we get into whatever we're going to do, we want to start right. Because as we heard in our children's story this morning, if your day starts off poorly, chances are it's going to continue to go downhill. Do you know what I'm talking about? Whereas if you can start your day off positively in a good way, generally, even when you hit a couple of bumps along the road, we're okay. So the whole point behind dedication is to start something well, to start something strong, to start something focused. Because in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, whenever they would build something, whether it be a house or a temple for God, before they went into the place and used it, if it was their house, or used the temple, they would dedicate it. Before they did anything else, they'd stand aside and want to start something well, start something strong, start something focused. They didn't just want to walk in and go business as usual. They wanted to get their head straight, move forward with intention. You're with me so far? Okay. So dedication is something important. It's something special. And check this out. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6, it says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older... They will not leave it. This word here, direct, it's the same word as dedicate. Love my handwriting, don't you? It looks like a P. Peppy, wait. It's very stressful to write on stage when you have the handwriting of a four-year-old. However, this word, direct, it's the same word that's translated as dedicate. I mean, set yourself up. That before we do anything with these kids, rather than just let them go and do their own thing, we want to start with intention. We want to start strong. We want to start focused. We want to start well. So direct your kids or whatever that word is. Get them in the right frame of mind because if we start off strong, we'll finish strong. You're with me? 
this whole idea of dedicating, starting with intention throughout the Bible. Different words are used in English, but it's the same base word. The point is, is that we start something well. Here's the thing, though. We often do this ceremony in the Christian world. If you're not a Christian, maybe it's foreign to you, but this right now is a formalized ceremony of sorts. Back in the day, whenever they would do formal ceremonies, generally speaking, everybody gathered, but who was leading out? The priest, the head honcho, the religious leader. And look at the room right now. Have a look around. Where are all of your seats? I'm looking for an exception to the rule. Pretty well. All of your seats pointing. Here. How many human beings are up the front? One. It's still in our culture. We have this thing where within religious ceremony, only the elite, only the proper, only the appointed ones are meant to be involved. So if you would come to the temple and you would offer a sacrifice in this culture, you could do part of the process. You could bring the lamb, but ultimately all of the work would be done by the religious leader. The crowd, as it were, were kind of left as that, a crowd, as spectators. They were removed. But all of this changed when the community would come together and do a dedication service. Because in a dedication service, it wasn't just some people up the front leading out. It was the entire community that came together. In fact, this starting well, starting strong, starting focus, this idea of dedication, it was a community action. It wasn't just done by one or a select few. It was the entire community standing together as one, saying we are for this and we support this. And we can see this in the book of Ezra in the Bible. Book of Ezra, chapter 6, verse 15 to 16. They just built a temple. And the verse goes like this. The temple was completed on March 12th. During the sixth year of King Darius's reign, the temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people of Israel. Yeah, the priests are there, but who's mentioned first? The people of Israel, the Levites, and then the rest of the people who had returned from exile. The point is, is that with dedication, everything changes. Rather than the crowd simply standing back and observing, in dedication, everybody is there with one voice. We're standing together. So what does that have to do with us? As Tony said this morning, we have something that's starting new again on Monday. It's a school term. So what this means then is we've got a new event starting off. And rather than just let it happen... Just let the school roll and the 840 plus students roll in. We want to do something about that. Because as far as I'm aware, we are HCC. We are Haven Campus Church. In our name, it reveals what we're all about. We're a campus, which means that we exist for this place, this whole campus here. We have a unique context that places us quite specifically here to reach this school and this community. However, when you start to use that sort of a language, some people start to talk up and go, no, 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 that's so insular. That's such small thinking. There's a whole community outside those gates. Why would you just work at Central Coast Adventist School? Why would you just work on these people? They're so small, there's an entire Central Coast out there. Interesting question, right? So here's the thing. 
Tony already said, 840 plus individual students are coming here on Monday. Those 840 individual students represent literally hundreds of families. Those hundreds of families represent the central coast. Not just Erina, not just Springfield. Give me another area because I don't know the area. Terrigal. Yes. Which side note found my new hairdresser at Terrigal? Quite lovely. Yep. That impacting. That impacting. I don't know I need to go again. It's fine. Now, the point is this. Small thinking is saying, hey, let's as a church just reach Erina. Let's as a church just reach the people that are out the gates. That's small thinking. Big thinking, intentional thinking is saying we've got our 840 plus students who their parents have paid money to invest in our school. Tony doesn't muck about. He told me in our first meeting, he says, your students are going to know about Jesus. We are unapologetic about that. You're up front, right? They pay thousands of dollars to come here. As a community, we don't need to do big public campaigns, seminars, or door knocking because we have literally hundreds of families here in this space. If we can reach our school community, we reach the central coast. Do you hear what we're saying this morning? Saying that we exist for our school is not insular thinking. It's big, big thinking. Before I even started working at this church, I don't know if you're you're aware of how pastors' lives work, but um, people really like to talk to us, which is great. But what's a little bit frustrating is you'll meet somebody for five seconds, and instead of them, you know, wanting to have a chat with you about you, they instantly tell you what you need to fix about the church. It's funny, isn't it? And you, and you sit there, and mm-hmm, yeah, that's good. Nim said to me, he said, just watch it. Every church, and every church is the same. So you've just, people always come to you. My previous church, my first day, I had so many people wanting me to do specific things. It's interesting, isn't it? It's as if we're the only ones that are accountable for our whole community or something. But one of these people came up to me before I even started officially here and said, don't spend too much time in our school. Because if you do, they will eat you up. They will take your time and you will have nothing left for us. Man, that's scary, isn't it? Just in and of itself, the language there is us and them. We put church on one side, school on the other, and we instantly in that scenario are competing. That could not be further from the truth. Tony represents the school. I represent the church and we work together. We are colleagues and we work with the same purpose to show people what it's like to follow a life where you love Jesus, to show them that. We are not polar opposites. We are working on the same thing, to show people what it's like to live a life with Jesus. The school isn't something that is going to suck up our time. We are the school and the school is the church. We work together with one purpose because we are walking down the aisle with a bunch of toys. Morning, mate. What's cracking? Why don't you come on up? Morning, Ash. How you doing? You doing all right? No, it's not a problem at all. <laughs> oh, dear. That's cute. Thanks, mate. My glasses are fogging up. <laughs> anyway, back to what I was saying. The church and school were not a competing end. You get the picture. <laughs> The other, thing that's, <laughs> the other thing that someone might say, 
the other thing that someone might say is, yeah, it's insular thinking. Yeah, we're competing, but no, no, we're, we're not. The other thing is this, and this one really gets me. If you say that we exist for the school, then what about us who don't belong to the school? What about us who don't have kids at the school? What about us who don't work at the school? What about us? You say that you are Haven Campus Church and you exist for the school. What about us? Valid question, am I right? Let me defer to the words of Jesus on this topic. It's on the screen. It's in the book of Luke chapter 6. It says this, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Here's the thing. According to the words of Jesus, when you care for others, you are cared for. When you love others, you are loved. When you support others, you are supported. When you give, you receive. We might say that we are here at Haven Campus Church for our school. But when we minister to our school community, we too are ministered to. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? And these aren't my words, these are the words of Jesus. Give and you will receive. The thing about Jesus, the gospel it's called in Christian language, like the message of Jesus, it's countercultural, it's often counterintuitive, and it comes across like a straight up paradox sometimes, doesn't it? If you're familiar with the Bible, Jesus comes along and says, you've heard it said, hate your enemies, but I tell you to, what, if you know it, love them. Jesus elsewhere says, if you want to gain your life, you've got to what? Lose it. Jesus says, if you want to get, you have to receive. The way of Jesus is a new way of living. It goes against society, and that's for a purpose. Because he's inviting you and I to walk with intention. To give, and you will receive. It's not small thinking, it's big thinking. We're here for a purpose. I'd like to invite the school staff to come forward. Come on down. And as they come down, would you, would you welcome them with a round of applause? Come on down, all our school staff. Jump up on stage there. Because we've got a message for you this morning from Haven Campus Church. Come on down. There's a lot of them, hey. I was telling Cindy on the week I did staff worship for these guys and there's about as much as them as there were members in my previous church. So, good times. Gather in. Look at that. As you guys hop up the front, very quietly like teachers. <laughs> nice work. Feel free to gather in the center a little more, guys. It is okay. Because there's going to be a whole lot more people on that stage in a minute. Gather in a little bit, teachers. Work with me. Staff, work with me. Come in the middle. No one listens. Beautiful, isn't it? We're going to work with it. It's fine. Here's the thing. Central Coast Adventist School. We, and now I'm a part of this, but we are Haven Campus Church. And in this dedication service, we say that we are for you. That we stand with you. It is not you doing this work on your own. We have got your back. We are here to work alongside you because we work together. We're not two competing ends. We work together. Dedication is all about starting this thing well. Whether you're a teacher, support staff, whatever, we want to start this thing well and start it with intention. And as your pastor, I'm not mucking about. We are for this school community. Am I right? With dedication, you get an opportunity to not just simply sit in your seat and pray passively, you get an opportunity to be involved. 
what that involvement means, in a moment I'm going to invite you, if you like, to stand physically with our staff. Come on up, and if you feel comfortable in just a moment, lay a hand on them. If this is your first time to church or your first time in a long time, you might be freaking out right now thinking, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. Don't worry, you're okay. You do not have to do anything you are not comfortable with. Even our church members, if you are not comfortable with this, you don't have to do it. Because it's weird, isn't it? Hopping up on a stage and touching people. Let's just call it what it is. That's weird. But the point is, is that it's an act. It's a sign that we stand with them. That we're not just letting them go off in the distance, but we stand together. Because we're a community here, my rights. So you get an opportunity to show them this. To physically stand with them. If you would like... I invite you to stand and come onto the stage. Come on forward. And by doing this, we say that we are with you. And we stand beside you. We're in favor of you. Staff, I'd love you to look at our church. Whether this is your home church, or if you have another community, or you don't have a community at all, know that we've got you. Come on over, church. Gather rounds. There's plenty of room, even round the back if you want to. Plenty of room. If you're wondering what's going on right now, this is a bit of a scrum. It was told to me. Like in sport, apparently, because I'm not a sportsman myself, but we apparently gather around people, and it shows that we're on the same team, that we're together. Nath, get in there, mate. Get in there. (laughs) All right, here we go. Central Coast Adventist School staff, I want you to look around and see a community that supports you. A community that's got you. And we are a safe place for you because we work together. I'm going to invite you to pray with me in a prayer of dedication. If you're still sitting down, I encourage you to, if you feel comfortable, to bow your heads with me as we pray together. We're going to dedicate this staff. We're going to start well. So please, if you're comfortable, bow your heads with me as we pray. God, we thank you this morning for the awesome opportunity to have a campus. We have a school that on Monday morning, 800 plus students are going to roll up and come here. They want to be a part of our school and our staff here have a mission to care and love these children. To show them what it looks like to live a life where we follow Jesus. The staff here has a calling to put relationships above content because we are about you. Will you bless them this week? Give them the strength that they need. May they know that they have been called by you. But God, may our church know too that we've been called to support, stand for, and stand with our staff. May our staff know that we've got them, that we're here together. May our church know that it is in giving when we receive. Thank you that you show us a new way a way to follow you. Help us. Lead us. Show us the way. Father, we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen.